On this week's episode, you won't hear Booker T say... Yeah, which Jesus scene are you talking about? The bread, the loaves, or the other one? The first scene, the one where he was born, that one. Right, okay. Scene one, act one. Whoa, Nelly! That's right, you've joined us for another episode of Gone with the Rewind. You thought we were gone because we've had a bit of a hiatus, but we're back and we're full of jazz, we're full of spunk, so to speak. Um, depends where you come from, I guess, uh, what, what that's going to mean. But um, that's right, Chief of Two Shoes is here, uh, joined as always by my good buddy. It's me, DJ Booker T. Big shout out going to the spunk, which for those of you over in the UK means one thing, and over here in the US means that you're just full of energy and life. So you can imagine sometimes, occasionally, the mistakes are made when an American person says to an, Ameri- uh, an English person, you look full of spunk this morning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. great. My balls are hanging heavy. Um, Learn your cultural but... <laughs> appropriations. But anyway, um, uh, how you been, sir? I've been very, very well. It's been a very testy two weeks. We uh, we uh, purchased a house, put a closing on a house, oh, and wow. then um, we had an inspection on the house and found it had no foundation, two roofs, and a skunk living in the garden. <laughs> okay, does that, does that get you a discount or what? Uh, that basically means we cancelled the sale. Of course. Okay, so what? Back again, looking. Uh, so, uh, the, what? Generally, what happens with my wife and I is we go in very broad circles. Um, we have always had one eye on potentially moving to the UK. For me, obviously, it'd be moving back. For Sadie, it would also be moving back because she was a student at London School of Economics and the University of Law in Manchester. And we've talked about Houseboat on the Thames. We've talked about this, that and the other. And of course, when something falls through, you know, conversations resurface again once more of uh, life back over across the pond in the UK. So we're in a we are definitely in a holding pattern above the universe, nowhere near above a specific country's airport. We're just in a massive holding pattern. Would Um, you say would you say if you had to be hard pressed on it, you'd say it as 50 50 or? Uh, well, the problem we've got is that Sadie works remotely, so she literally can work anywhere in the world. She would just have to adjust her times of being in the office, so she'd do some mad hours like from, uh, what, five o'clock in the morning till maybe 10 and then take a break and then do a little bit more later in the day. For yeah. me, it's about finding the right job opportunity. My dream, dream, dream would be to open an American-style summer camp in the UK Okay. Which also then caters for corporate retreats and weddings during the off season. Well, that's uh, quite or- niche. Is it? Is that now that you mention that? I don't. Not that I'm looking for stuff like that, but I don't remember ever sort of seeing that as a thing in the UK. So would that be quite unique? So there are uh, lots of outdoor centres, some really fantastic outdoor centres in the UK that uh, many schools will send their students on a, a year ten or a year eight. Um, sort of three-day trip where they'll go and do some canoeing, some some uh, climbing and all that sort of stuff, and maybe some orienteering. But the actual specific model of um, a, an American summer camp in the UK with all of the things that that entails with um, the traditions and uh, having kids stay residentially for two weeks, three weeks, four weeks or five weeks, that right. would be something that would be quite new. And there is actually quite a, an interest because there are quite a few 
um, American expats living in the UK who right. uh, remember their time as a as a child at summer camp. Um, it is a massive cultural difference trying to get people to understand that it's okay to send your son or daughter away for two or three weeks. It doesn't doesn't mean you've abandoned them. They actually have a great time while they're at summer camp. Um, yep. So getting back to the original point, uh, anything could happen. We could be doing podcasts from the same place, or I could be in California this time next week. Who knows? <laughs> that sounds good as well. Um, but mm, yes, okay. Uh, what's happened in the Chiefs world? Um, mainly just been watching as much Olympics as I can. So um, yeah, watched watched a bit of hockey today, bit of diving, bit of sport. I tell you what, have you seen any of that sport climbing? jeepers well um, the sport climbing is good i think it reminds me very much of the um there's a weird thing either in japan it's certainly out in asia where the firemen do the ladder climb have you seen that one maybe so sure. there's like four of them run with a ladder and they drop it against a window they all run yeah. up it and then they lift it up to the next window and then they all go all up right. and go up again they chain it up yeah yeah, but I mean, this I, the three different disciplines, the speed climbing, it's like Spider-Man or Spider-Woman or something. It's almost like they're not touching the wall or they're being pulled up. It's like five seconds up a wall and then they have this bouldering and then they have the lead climb, which is where they have a real super tricky, like, you know, Tom Cruise on the side of a cliff or something. And they just got to get as high as they can. But um, interesting. I th- you know, that was an addition new addition to the Olympics this time round. I was like, climbing, give me a break. But I watched some and I was like, ah, this is well good. Uh, yeah so, um so i've although, seen some i've seen some it's an odd time for us a lot of the times it's early in the course. morning uh, the wife has been getting up she likes her athletics and there's a woman yeah. she's particularly interested in that is going for some crazy thing where she wants to ah. win the 800 and the 1500 ah. and that something is, else that is uh sifan hassan from the netherlands she was trying to do an unprecedented treble which was the 5k the 10k and the 1500 meters so she won the five spoilers. She won the five k earlier last week. The fifteen hundred meter final was today, which she came in third, unfortunately. And then the ten k is tomorrow. So she can she can do the double, the five and the ten. But um, fair play. She she's an absolute legend. But that was exciting. But yeah, yeah. Break yeah. dancing comes in in the next Olympics in Paris, twenty twenty four. Well, you and I are in. Surely <laughs> we're in. Wildcard entries, yeah. Talking about that today, coming up with an a, some, an event that I could actually possibly enter the Olympics for. <laughs> Breakdancing, maybe 20 years ago I had a chance, but some of the things that go on now, no, I have more chance of putting a hip out. Right. Um, in the golf, interestingly, obviously you've been a big golf man, in the golf in the Olympics, in the men's, there was a seven-person playoff for the bronze medal, which is the largest playoff ever in a major tournament. Um Seven people. Well, let's talk about your sport. Let's talk about tennis and what happened to your man, Djokovic, with him smashing his racket. What was that all about? I uh, didn't see that. Don't know. I'm, I'm not really a Djokovic fan, um, but uh, I he... actually missed that. Was, was that in the semis when he lost to Zverev? Yeah, he smashed three right. rackets. He smashed okay. one, changed it, then he threw one in the crowd, then he smashed another <laughs> one. It was... I've, I've smashed never many seen him display anything like that. Well, I used to carry a bag of like six rackets in my bag, um, one playing racket, and then if I got disgruntled, lost a set or whatever, I'd go and put my playing racket down. I'd pull out one of these £2 charity shop rackets and just smash it on the floor and then chuck that in the bin and then, you know, just keep filling up the bag with charity shop rackets to smash. Nice. Your backup racket was actually the one you smashed. <laughs> yeah. 
Smart. That's a smart, yeah. wise... Uh, that's always like a money-wise guide. That's something you yeah. expect that... Uh, what's that guy in England who does all of Oh, the... Martin Lewis. Money yeah, Martin Lewis with his tennis guy. <laughs> his tennis tip. Yeah, very good, very good. Um, <laughs> listen, have you got a snack ready for our, our chat? I have. Um, okay. I've gone, I've gone all out this week. Um, last right. time we were on the a... podcast, I talked about a shop downtown here in Saratoga Springs, upstate New York, called Darling Donuts. And you did. Today, huh? You did, yeah. yeah. I did. And today I have purchased a chocolate bomb. Wow. That sounds it, like it's got like four layers of chocolate. It, it's not got that many, but um, it is something to be reckoned with. So I'm going to send you a photo. Yeah, please do. Um, I'm very excited. I'm going to send you... This is something. Here's one I prepared earlier. So here's the first picture of what it looks like on the outside, and then I took the liberty <clears throat> of slicing, a bite. slicing it open oh. to show okay, you. Okay, the... that. Wow. Yeah. Okay, that is so not what... like a donut that I've ever seen before. So what we're looking at, because it's a bomb, it's not got a hole in the middle. Um, no. So it's it's literally looks like a, a small hand grenade, I'd probably say. Yes. But in the yes. middle. Yep. It's a very, quite an expensive donut uh, to make. In the middle, it is filled with lint chocolate. Okay, wowzers! And it's and it's you know you've got your standard donut dough, and then it's actually covered in chocolate glaze over the top, almost as well. Well, yeah. okay, go on then. You've obviously had one of these before, but uh, I'd like you to obviously have it now again and give me a rating. Darling Donuts change their menu every week. Yep. Oh, jeepers. Okay, so they what? They have a few bog standards and then they... Um, there is nothing bog standard. Things. They have two popular flavours that remain every week. The churro right. and the yep. galaxy glaze, which is a vanilla glaze. And then every week they do seven different flavours. Holy moly. Okay. I think the one you'd have liked this week was the milk-filled fruit cereal. <laughs> Sounds fun. So it was a, a glaze on the outside, a vanilla glaze with little tiny bits of almost what looked like Fruit Loop, yep. and then it was pumped full of buttercream that had tiny pieces of cereal in it as well. But anyway, back to Jesus the bomb. wept. Yes. Now, what are you giving this out of? Uh, well, we score this out of ten, I think. Do we? Okay. Yeah, we do. I'm I'm gonna give this a ten <clears throat> out of ten. Holy tortilla chips! Yes. Ten out this, of ten. For me, this is like that beer you had two weeks ago. Right. Okay, yeah. yeah. I can't find anything wrong with it. It's exactly what it says on the tin. It is a chocolate bomb. And that and chocolate it's... on the outside is a different yeah. flavour to the chocolate on the inside. And the, Perfect. The, the thing that gets them from a 9 to a 10 is that they've got the appropriate amounts correct. Well, there you go. I was going to say size is important. Um, you know, people say size doesn't matter, but it clearly does in a snack. You don't want something too big. It's going to be too sickly. You get to the end, you're like, I wish I had that last bite. You're saying this is the perfect package. Everything's in proportion. You've got the right, it's hitting all the notes. Boom, 10 out of 10. You've got the right amount of chocolate on the inside mixed with the dough around the outside and the glaze, which is only on one side, yes. on the outside. Okay, and another little 
good uh, thing for something like this, which is cooked fresh every day. How long ago did you purchase this donut? So this was uh, purchased about two hours ago. And still fresh. Um, what I know about the, the shop in Saratoga is they have a baker come in at three o'clock in the morning. Yep. They make their dough fresh every morning and basically they are open until they sell out. Okay, right. I like that strategy. And and they don't they don't reuse anything. Anything's left over, they either take it to um, one of the local homes or they take it to the hospital yep. at the end of the day. Uh, but there's not normally a lot left over. Okay, big shout out to what's this place called? This place Darling is called Donuts. Darling Donuts on Broadway mm. in Saratoga Springs. Okay. We'll put some links up on social media. Go and visit that place. Sounds like a good place to get a donut. They're helping out uh, and they're making you feel good and filling you with sugar and um, probably giving you a heart attack later. But don't worry about that. Just think about the taste. As always, I'm excited to know what you're bringing across the table today. <laughs> okay. I did send you a picture. Um, this is a Jeziki. Jeziki. Classic. It's uh, <laughs> Najazon. Bacchiliani. Yeah. Okay, so um. <laughs> it looks like it's got nuts in it, but potentially some marmalade, like a Jaffa cake, or that could be toffee. I'm not quite sure what that is. Okay, let's have a look at this. What it looks like. Let's have a little crunch. I'll send you a cross-section picture. Now then, I wish it did have marmalade or something in it. Um, I'll tell you what, though. Yeah. That's not bad. Um, one fault I've got straight away, it's not overly warm where I am, but I'm holding this bar and the chocolate is melting onto my fingers, which I guess means a poor quality of chocolate. However, that also means more than likely a high quantity of sugar to make that chocolatey flavour. And of course, sugar, even though it is white death, pretty much makes everything taste better. So the taste is very, very good. Um... I have questions. Go on. So I can see from your picture that there is chocolate on the top and there's some nuts. Yep. But what is the main yep. constituent of the actual bar? That looks like a sponge cake or something. I know. I would say it's like a, a thin Twix. Oh. So okay. I'd say, imagine a Twix. Do you have Twixes in the US? We do. Okay, yeah. So a Twix. But what they've done is... The caramel, instead of being on top of the biscuit, the caramel goes all the way around the biscuit. And then the chocolate goes all the way around. And then there's some almost like very mini Rice Krispies just underneath the top of the chocolate. That's mm -hmm. a very, very tasty Gieski bar. Um, uh, dare I ask, well, are you washing it down with anything? Yeah, I am. I am. I'm washing it down with an absolutely rank, horrible... Um, yellow tail Chardonnay from Ooh. Australia 2020 that is so horrible I've had to make it into a spritzer and a half and half with Sprite. Yeah. Yellow, yeah. We, they uh, they sell yellow tail here in the States. Not I'm a big fan of um, Australian New Zealand wines, but I always jump to the Jacobs Creek every time. Can't go wrong. Right. Yellow okay. tail is uh, yeah, that's that's nasty stuff. That's what the winos are drinking on the corner. Or in Chief's Loft. Right, listen. We're going to talk about Jingle All The Way. 
So, uh, listeners, stay with us. We're going to go and uh, watch Jingle All The Way and then we're going to come back to you with our thoughts. Uh, join us after the break. You're listening to Gone With The Rewind with Chief and Brett. Every holiday season, there's one toy everyone has to have. I want the Turbo Man action figure with the arms and legs that move, and the Rocket Roar jetpack, and the Boomerang shooter. Getting it is every child's dream. Whoever doesn't can be a real loser. Finding it. You got the doll, right? Is this father's nightmare. I'll get that toy. I promise. Whoa! Nothing like waiting till the last minute, Howard, sir. Especially on Christmas Eve. <laughs> Turbo Man, you're mine! They're all gone. These two are looking for a Turbo Man. <laughs> Where's your Christmas spirit? The last one just left. Now, it's two fathers. This is war. One mission. Baby. <laughs> and every man for himself. I'm thinking maybe, you know, we could join up as a team. You know, like, like Starskin Hutch. We're late delivery of Turbo Man at Toy Works. Let's go. Is there a problem, officer? <laughs> you can never do too much to make a child's Christmas magical. Hey, buddy. <laughs> Right, okay, we have watched Jingle All The Way. I'm going to refresh your memory. Don't give me a score just yet, but I'm going to refresh your memory with what you gave it as a pre-watch. You came in with an astonishingly low five out of a baker's dozen. Chief came in with an eight out of a baker's dozen. Okay, I assume you you know, you know did go and watch that during the break. Absolutely. Okay, very good. Before we jump into our thoughts on it, Chief always likes to go by the numbers, so... This movie did rank in 1996 in the top 100. Have a guess where it ranked? 100. <laughs> That's a precursor to Booker T's score at the end, I guess. Um, no, 24. This was the 24, 24th best grossing movie. Um, Listen, people, mo- those of you that were around in 1996, what was going on in your brains? Okay, okay. Um, the movie that it beat... The movie in 25th place, I will give you the synopsis, you tell me the movie. A lonely and mentally disturbed, oh no, I can't say that word, something guy raised on television just wants a new friend, but his target, a designer, rejects him with bad consequences. Cable guy? It is the cable guy, Jim (laughs) Carrey and Matthew Broderick, very good. And the movie that beat this out in uh, 23rd Space, twenty-third space. Twenty. This yellow tail's gone to my head. Twenty-third yeah. place. Our intrepid adolescent heroes wake up to find their beloved television stolen and embark on an epic journey across America to recover it. And who knows? Maybe even score. What? This. This is an animated movie. Somebody stole their TV. Yeah. Um, uh, f- animated. Five believe- all goes west. No, I believe it was a TV show on MTV, maybe. Oh, I've I no idea. Made that, could have made that up. It is Beavis and Butthead Do America. Oh, good old Beavis and Butthead. Yeah, yeah. There you go. So the, well, normally also, you now ask me what the top three movies were. You ask me what because, the number one. 
because we haven't done 1996 before, we do have that option. I did have another segment that I was going to use, but uh, we ran long in the intro, which was all good, so I'm going to save that till next week. But I am going to ask you the top five movies from 1996. Coming in at number five it is a sports movie, stars one of your favourites. Is it? Uh, uh, is it either Tom Cruise uh, or Kevin Costner? It is Tom Cruise. Is it uh, Jerry Maguire? It is Jerry Maguire. Um, in at number four is an, an action movie starring one of your favourites. Um, Clint Eastwood, Arnold no. Schwarzenegger, Bruce Willis, no. No. Tom Cruise. You said him, Tom Cruise, yeah. Uh, is it one of the Mission Impossibles? It is Mission Impossible number one. Uh, coming in at number three, what is this movie here? <laughs> uh, let me have a look. That can't be right. They got that wrong, surely. An uptight FBI special agent is paired with a foulmouth Boston cop to take down a ruthless drug lord. Hmm. Hmm. Oh, I tell you why. I tell you why it's number three because it did all of its money on in foreign. Uh, it's called The Heat. Oh, it's not. Um, I don't know. Is that? I don't Reynolds? know. I don't, That's I, not Burt Reynolds, is it? No, no, no. That was something Heat. City Heat. I mean. Oh right, okay. Who, um, does it tell you who's in this? Uh, let me go to cr- cast information. Must be a foreign movie, surely. The heat. Uh, Sandra Bullock. This is 2013. What? Yeah. What's, Why is that? In what's there? going on with Box Office Mojo? Box Office Mojo's had a had a had a had an absolute stinker here. The box office has lost its mojo. Do you think that's just Heat? When did Heat come out? That wasn't nine. Oh, was uh, Michael Mann Heat. That could be that. I'm going to take a screenshot of this because this is all kinds of wrong. Anyway, let's forget that little uh, error there and go for number two. This is a movie about a natural disaster. Uh, is it... Um, it stars what's a guy. his name? Dennis Quaid? Jake it is not Dennis Quaid, no. Um, oh. It is... It's not the day after tomorrow. Is it Armageddon? It's, it's not neither of those two. It is it is, Deep Impact? No. It, is it The uh, Core? No, it stars a guy who's dead, good actor. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Guess who's dead? I like the way this has got in. This is a great game. Stars um, a man who's dead. He's like he's kind of like a William H. Macy. He pops up in everything. Um, okay. It's got... Let me see who else is. It's got guys, guys who chase stuff. Um, cast information. Uh, as always, great radio. Um... Guys who chase oh, stuff. Carrie Elwes is in it. We love that Carrie Elwes from uh, Princess Bride. Um, let's see who else is in it. Uh, young Philip Seymour Hoffman. Um, Helen Hunt's in it. Oh, Twister. And the Twister. Main, yes, Twister. Twister. Yeah, of course. Great movie, by uh, the way. We might have to. We might have to watch that. We might have to because I have definitely not seen that in the last twenty years. Me neither. So, okay, right. That might. Um, you said great movie, probably a junk movie. But let's uh, find out what the number one is. Of course, this was absolutely massive. Ah, it's set around a national holiday. Uh, uh, national Lampoon's Thanksgiving. No, oh, uh, Independence Day. Independence Day. Independence yes. Day. So, uh, quickly before we move on, I know we're filling things in quite a lot, but in That's the fine. movie Independence Day. Yes. Jeff Goldblum is in the alien spaceship with Will Smith, okay. and. He says a line which is a repeat of a line that he said in the movie Jurassic Park. 
Okay, well, I think is that I've only I think I've only seen Independence Day once, and that was when it came out in 1996. So, I will struggle here. What are some big famous lines he said in Jurassic Park? Something when the Tyrannosaurus Rex is coming towards him, maybe. But I do not have a clue. You're going to have to help me. He says, must go faster. Ah, must go faster. Okay. Interesting. Because Jurassic Park was, what, 1993? I'm going to hesitate to to guess. Three or four, I think that's about right. Yep. Okay. All right. Very good. Very good. Um, Now, listen. We're here to talk about it. Let's get to the main event. Jingle all the way. Arnold Schwarzenegger, 1996. Had done, obviously, by this time, uh, Terminator, Commando. Loads and loads of action movies. Kindergarten Cop had probably done that, had he? What year was that? Let me have a look. I'm just trying to work out. I'm just trying to work out if this is his first or second foray into. Oh, 1990, that was. So right, that means he must have done Twins and Junior. Okay, fine. So he was well versed um, in the world of of comedy by this time. Not saying he's good at it, but here we have. Him doing Jingle All The Way, which is a kind of comedy drama, I guess you would say. I guess it's, it is a comedy at the end of it, but um, it's trying to have a moral twist to it. And this is one of my big, I don't want to say beefs with the movie, but one of my... The, the, I've got a list of notes here, and I'm going to read them out during our conversation, because I watched this movie about two weeks ago and my notes don't make any sense to me. So you're going to have to help decipher my notes. But the very first thing I wrote on the page was, this movie has no moral centre. Because it's all about Arnie forgetting to buy a Christmas gift for his kid and thus going on the rampage trying to find this, this what was it, Captain... I can't even forget what his, can't remember what his name was. I have Captain. tried to delete any memory of this movie from my brain. Um, I'll go straight in because you know where this is going. It is potentially one of the worst films I've ever seen in my entire life. I would Holy rather sit in my holes. house and watch Mighty Joe Young 20 times in one day than ever have to sit through this movie again. And I'd never seen this film before, and I like Arnie. Okay. I like yeah. everything he's done. I can still watch some of the Red Heat and Raw Deal and Commando yep. and Predator yep. And you can kind of wince your way through some of the very almost homoerotic stuff that goes on between him and the other muscle men in these movies. Yeah. But this film has absolutely nothing going for it whatsoever. Okay. This is, I want to touch on two points there. Number one, Booker T is, you know, he's got opinions, which is good. But generally regarding movies... You're you're very forgiving of stuff, you, you know, and so this is this is a side of your opinions on to just talking about movies that I haven't really seen before. Uh, Booker T coming down hard. The second thing, quick sidebar: uh, you mentioned a movie called Mighty Joe Young. Quick story for the listeners. <laughs> now we it was a Saturday night or a Friday night. We were like, let's go to the movies. What's on? Nothing's on. And you're like, there's a movie called Mighty Joe Young. Charlie's Theron goes to the jungle and tames some massive. Not quite King Kong-sized gorilla, but a big gorilla. And I was like, this is going to be awful. And you said, I'll tell you what, if, honestly, at the end of the movie, if you say you didn't like it, I will pay for your ticket. And we watched the movie. The movie ended. You looked at me. You didn't even wait for a response. You said, I'm buying your ticket, aren't I? Because yeah. you knew. <laughs> yeah, so uh, slightly we got the story. We dubbed it Mighty Joe Dung. 
Mighty Joe Young, slightly got the story wrong. I actually paid okay. for your ticket. The deal was, if you enjoy the movie, you give me the money back. Ah, uh, okay, right, fine. And okay. the one thing we went to see the movie for in our adolescent uh, male <laughs> um, yes. ch- machismo was that uh, Charlize Theron was going to wear a black dress mm. at some gala that she went to to introduce Mighty Joe Young. Right, I okay. do believe Bill Paxton's in it as well, uh, with okay, a nod maybe. to Twister. Okay, uh, and uh, at the end of the movie, I just looked at you and said, just keep mm. your money in your pocket. <laughs> yeah. So Chief's talking, about his, Chief's talking about his notes. Here's my note. My sheet starts with, yeah. it's, it's one hour, 30 minutes. How bad yeah, can it good. be? It's 20th Century Fox and 1492 Pictures, which how, made how, quite, how a, good, quite a few good films back then. It's 90 minutes of my life. How bad can it be? Yeah, then I wrote yeah. the words Anakin Skywalker. And then I wrote <laughs> okay. five minutes and 38 seconds. I regret ever agreeing to watch this festering <laughs> turd. <laughs> Strong words from Booker T. Okay, I'm going to pick out a few bits and then we can get your stuff. So anyway, like I said, there's no moral centre to this movie. You know, we're led to believe Arnie is in a fit of regret and what lengths will he go to to get this toy for his son and he is supposed to realize almost obviously not a parallel but almost in a way like a christmas carol where scrooge has an about turn as he's visited by these ghosts and he's supposed to come do a 180 and then be a good guy arnie is supposed to be on the same trajectory but there's no moral center at some points he sat down in a cafe with sinbad you know, because he's another dad who's trying to get a toy for his kid. They're chatting and they're kind of realising that, what are we doing? All these important Christmas letters that people send to folks they don't even talk to but once a year. The advertisement, and then they sit there and use subliminal messages to suck your children's minds out. And then there's an announcement on the radio. We got some of these Captain Chaos toys, whatever they're called, up for grabs. And they start fighting each other. So every time you think Arnie's turned a corner to being a reasonable learn a lesson kind of guy they just chuck fights in he's he's savaging people he's beating up old ladies to get this toy it just doesn't know what it's trying to do there's a there's a there is a good scene with the father christmases so there's a load of father christmases and elves who have got a scam where they can get any toy you want and they take arnie back to a warehouse where there's about 50 santas you know dressed up password jingle bells batman smells and they go into a song and there's one one is actually do you remember the wrestler the big show he was like the giant guy in wwf and uh, he's dressed up as a santa and um gets hit around with a candy cane i've written a note here that says nut taser so did someone get zapped in the nuts with a taser maybe i think can't remember you can't remember you blanked that out i wrote rita wilson the big <laughs> show and james belushi cannot save this movie was it Belushi? Yeah, James Belushi, not not the other one. Not John Belushi? No, James. Okay, right. Right, I thought he looked familiar, but I was like, I don't think that's Belushi, but okay, fine. So, uh, picking up on Chief's point about it doesn't really know what it's trying to be, I started watching this film thinking I was going to be watching a kid's Christmas movie. I am a massive fan of Christmas movies. I love them all. Yeah. I watch The Santa Claus. Um, yep. Every year I watch Scrooged with a D, the Bill Murray classic, where he okay, does yeah. the take on A Christmas Carol. This this movie doesn't know if it's a kid's movie. I don't know if it's a black comedy. I don't know if it's supposed to be some sort of... Perhaps it was too intelligent and too highbrow for me to understand. 
But the person that he's up against trying to get this toy, first of all, he maces Arnold Schwarzenegger in the face. <laughs> then he threatens to blow up a radio station with a bomb, <laughs> which he does ignite, but it just blows um, Cliff Robertson's makeup off. Um, yeah. Meanwhile, Arnie, you're never sure whether you're supposed to feel sorry for him. Are you with him? Are you against him? He's supposed to really want to be with his son, but he spends a lot of time working. Um, but you don't really see him working a lot. He's just on the telephone. <laughs> Arnie stoops to the low of stealing his neighbor's Christmas presents. And then he sets fire to his neighbor's home. This is the hero of the film, the one we're supposed to, you know. Yeah. Now, you've, you've reminded me of a note that doesn't make sense. I've written down Animal Nights. I'm like, what the hell does that mean, Animal Nights? And I've realised my writing's wrong. It says Animal Rights. Because yes. at one point, he punches a reindeer. Correct. That part I've written down too. <laughs> this was the bit I... This is the only bit of the film I laughed at, was when he punched out a reindeer. <laughs> and then he's on the back step drinking a beer with him. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then you've got his neighbour. I can't remember who played his neighbour, but his neighbour is a weird guy who's like the pervert of the neighbourhood and all the women love him. You're an amazing man, Ted. I wish every husband were more like you. That's the guy called Phil Hartman, and he yeah. voiced Troy McClure um, in The Simpsons, who is probably one of my favourite Simpsons characters. You may remember me from... Hello, I'm Troy McClure. You may remember me from such movies as Cry Yuma, and here comes the Coast Guard. The Revenge of Abe Lincoln and the wackiest covered wagon in the West. Buck Henderson, Union Buster. And Troy and Company's Summertime Smile Factory. Handle with care. Today we kill, tomorrow we die, and Gladys the Groovy Mule. Calling all Quakers. Lead paint, delicious but deadly. And here comes the metric system. Mothballing your battleship. And dig your own grave and save. The erotic adventures of Hercules. And dial M for murderousness. Alice's adventures through the windshield glass. And the decapitation of Larry Leadfoot. P is for Psycho, and the president's neck is missing. Out with Gout 88, and let's save Tony Orlando's house. Smoke yourself thin and get confident, stupid. The boat jacking of Super Ship 79, and Hydro, the man with the hydraulic arms. 2 minus 3 equals negative fun. And Firecrackers, the silent killer. Alien nose job, and five fabulous weeks of the Chevy Chase show. Designated drivers, the life-saving nerds, and... Phony tornado alarms reduce readiness. Andre the Giant, we hardly knew ye. And Shem Powered, today we mourn a stooge. Meet Joe Blow and give my remains to Broadway. The verdict was male fraud and leper in the backfield. Last night's dinner. Locker room towel fight, the blinding of Larry Driscoll. Make out king of Montana and the electric gigolo. Christmas ape and Christmas ape goes to summer camp. Son of Sanford and Son. And after Mannix. David versus Super Goliath and suddenly Last Supper. Alice doesn't live anymore. And Mommy, what's wrong with that man's face? Welcome to Springfield Airport. And where's Nordstrom? Earwigs, ooh. And Man versus Nature, the road to victory. Uh, that guy. Um, but yeah, Phil, I've written Phil Hartman cookies. And I don't want to make, I think there's a scene where him or Arnie's wife are cooking cookies in the kitchen and Arnie gets on the phone to him and um, they have a conversation or whatever. But but your wife's cookies are out of this world. Who told you you can eat my cookies? That, I thought that guy was funny. That character was funny. 
It's just a bit. And weird also, the way you all mentioned the women in the neighbourhood loved him so much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You mentioned the guy. I can't remember, don't know what his name is, but there's a cop in the radio station. Off, but cop has leather jacket! Exclamation mark. Because I just thought that looked quite funny. Uh, it looked like he was out of the 70s in his in his black leather jacket. I don't know if do, do cops wear leather jackets or was that a thing of the. Uh, the past well, for some or, strange or reason, I, don't, I can't remember the city it took place in, but he looked like he was a member of the California Highway Patrol. Yeah, incredible. Chips or, or the village people. I couldn't remember which. Um, and I've written down here also Toy Story Buzz Lightyear. It kind of had that same... Because wasn't there a year where Toy Story came out and actual, in reality, Buzz Lightyear was the hottest selling toy at Christmas and people were actually fighting each other to get Buzz Lightyears, I think. So... I don't know if they ripped off that idea or that came... uh, Yeah, because Toy Story must have been before 96. So I think they even ripped off that idea. But, yeah. From my my notes, you haven't picked up on one of the things I said. I was going to let you run away with that and wax lyrical. Go on. Anakin Skywalker. Okay, right, right. Um, What, what, go on. I don't, just because, I don't know. What do you mean? (laughs) Oh, I don't know why you wrote it down. Well, because he's in it. Oh, Hayden Christensen. Oh, oh, the kid. Okay, fine. Yes, yes, yeah. So the kid who plays Anakin Skywalker in Phantom Menace is Arnie's kid in this, and his name is Jake someone. Yes, you're right. And he's equally annoying in this as he is in Phantom Menace. Yeah. Yeah, when he hangs up on Arnie, that was like, well, you know, Arnie, don't get him anything for Christmas. He's ungrateful. Yeah, yeah. And I've written here, what does this mean? kicks wise man's head is that when he sets fire to phil hartman's house he tries to put it out and he kicks he kicks one of the wise you know he's got like a um uh, a a jesus scene the you know the birth of jesus scene what's that called like a, i think you're, the word you're searching for um, my um, Christian friend is nativity. That's it. That's the kid. That's the kiddie. The Jesus scene. Yeah. And the nativity. There's a nativity set up. And um, he kicks one of the wise men's heads off. Um, I'm going to I'm gonna petition all the schools in England now when they do their um, play at Christmas. That's what they should call it. Not call it the nativity. This call year, G- year six, Jesus we'll be presenting scene. Jesus scene. <laughs> Um, uh, the Jesus birth, yeah. His um, neighbour said something really weird to him, which didn't make sense. He said, "You can't bench press your way out of this one." And I was has like, "Has he well, seen him bench pressing, or no, is he just is a- that just a? I don't understand. We've never seen Arnie at the gym in this movie, nor has his no. neighbour. No. So is this just because he's a big guy? I is that an really in joke because he was Mr. Olympia and he's a bodybuilder? I don't know, but that didn't work. No. And by I mean, the way, in Movie Land, this day that he looks for this toy is the longest day you have ever been involved in. Because at night, when they go to the carnival, it's still light outside. Yeah. And who knew? I never even knew this was a thing, people. You've been, you've been, you've seen carnivals. You've seen the Disney characters. You've seen um, the Toy Story characters. You've seen all the characters that you can possibly imagine. But did you know that there are Crayola Crayon characters as well? <laughs> <laughs> you do if you watch this movie. Oh my word! Yeah, it's um, and there's a bit where there's loads of they go to a shop and they got like ten of these action figures to give away, and they give everyone a ball with a number on. It's like a lucky dip, but they're all bouncy balls and they're tiny. It's like 
you know, how are people supposed to, you know, see the number or keep hold of these? And there's there's a big schmozzle in the shopping mall and he ends up, he's in a ball pit with some kid and then this all like weird kind of stalker thing going on. So yeah, there, there's, this. it's a, for a one hour 30 movie, a lot of stuff happens, most of it not good. Yeah, uh, the, they throw the balls in the air. His one bounces down and ends up in a ball pit in a play area. He goes in to get it by going down a slide. A child takes the ball and Arnie says very nicely, can I have it back? And all the mums attack Arnie and start calling him a pervert. <laughs> yeah. Again, comedy, children's movie, not quite sure. Yes, yes. Um, I'm I'm pretty much exhausted now on this subject of talking about Jingle All The Way. Is there anything else you want to add to this? If you're going to watch a Christmas movie, don't watch this one. Watch Scrooged with Bill Murray. It's a classic um, unfortunately, we'll never watch it because I watch that every year. Or if you like your older movies, go with It's a Wonderful Life, which is a fantastic movie too. Avoid this. Jingle all the way along to the next film. Do not okay. ever sit through this festering turd of nonsense. It's not worth it. I'm only going to score it 0.5. Whoa, Nelly! Not 0.5 out of a baker's dozen 13. And by the way, the 0.5 is because he punches out a reindeer. Okay, Booker T hates animals. He hates animals. <laughs> right. Um, so interesting. Up to point five. Uh, I would say, yeah, if you're going to watch it, Scrooge, fantastic uh, movie. Um, it's a Wonderful Life, um, Miracle on Thirty Fourth Street, whatever. But uh, if you want to watch an Arnie movie, pretty much watch anything but this one, I guess. Although uh, that's interesting, actually. I might go through Arnie's Wikipedia or whatever his filmology, filmography. Um, this yellow tail is really getting to me. Um, to see if there is... He must have done worse movies than this, or least likely to be good movies than this. But, you know, there's plenty of... Watch Predator. As I mean, I don't need to say any more. Go and watch Predator. I mean, rather, rather don't, watch it, don't watch it with your kid, but, you know. Yeah, rather worryingly, I seem to remember, and we might have to watch this, I seem to remember watching Kindergarten Cop and thinking that was kind of good. Yeah, no, I was going to say, if you want another family-friendly Arnie movie, watch Kindergarten Cop, but maybe that's also turgid. Um... But I, wow, I went with 8 out of 13 as my pre, pre-rating. pre um, Now then, I've got a big decision here because I, I don't like to rate in a vacuum. I like everything to be comparable. So I have to look at my other scores. Stir of Echoes, I gave a 5. And um, what's the one we watched? Uh, the Island, I gave a 4. Now, would I rather watch those two or this? I would probably watch in between i'm going to give this four and a half i think that uh i'd rather watch this than the island again i think on, that the, this... on the basis that the island's two hours 16 this is one hour 30 I would rather watch The Island every day for the rest of my life than ever have to sit through this again. I don't know how you can possibly do that. And the only thing I can think to your 8 out of 13 yeah. from 1996 is yeah. that perhaps around that time you were trying a lot of different experimental drugs. <laughs> okay. And that okay. may have affected... Maybe you watched Jingle All The Way on some opium fueled meander around Farnborough. <laughs> Who knows? uh we'll never know we'll never know um listen have you are you able to pick up my spirits and give us a suggestion for a movie for next week yes i have so originally um we we talked about one a couple of weeks ago but i've decided to slide that off the table i'm going to come back in with one that's got some heavyweights in it it has greg kinnear like greg kinnear 
who have we already seen him? Yes, he was in uh, Mystery Men. Mystery Men, yes. Greg Kinnear from Mystery Men. Kate Blanchett. Okay. Giovanni Ribisi. Yeah, he's not too bad. Yeah, I like him. And Keanu Reeves. Um... With also a very brief performance from the million dollar baby Hilary Swank herself. Okay. Wow. That's a good cast. Um, I'm drawing a blank. We're going back in time. Okay. It is a film called The Gift. Ah, you mentioned this when we chatted about Stir of Echoes. Yes. Okay, right, right. Supernaturally kind of kind of vibe? Supernatural kind of vibe. Uh, basic rough synopsis. Kate Blanchett reads cards for people, etc., etc. Okay, well, the first, the first checkbox is this qualifies for me because I have... Uh, never seen this movie and um okay cool as long as you haven't seen it in the last you know five plus years uh, i have not and uh one thing i would say is i i can firmly believe i don't care what rating you give this (laughs) having never seen it there is no way you're going to come back and give it a half okay so you think you've done the lowest rating we'll ever see in the history of gone with the rewind unless you can beat jingle all the way i don't think we'll ever go there again okay right fine so what is your pre-movie rating for this I'm going with my tried and tested eight. Okay. I'm just checking if you've ever given anything eight. Island, you gave nine. Stir of Records, you gave 11. Um, Jingle All The Way, you gave five. Mystery Men, you gave uh, seven. So, no. Oh, so tried it's and not tested, tried no. or tested. No, so, I'm going to no. I'm I'm up it to a nine. <laughs> wow, okay. I've talked him into a nine. Yep. Uh, I am going... Now, is there a reason why I haven't seen this movie, um, which would suggest I looked at it when it came out and thought, nah, it's not for me. So I'm just going to go middle of the road, seven. Well, middle of the road would be six and a half, I guess, but seven from the Chief. We'll see what happens next week, see if there's any movement in them scores. But um, it's been fun. As always, uh, please uh, catch us in all the usual places. Oh, wait a minute, wait a minute. We'll come. Someone's at the door, Booker T. Just stay there a second. Ah, Posty, uh, good to see you. I haven't seen you for a couple of weeks. Uh, I've been away. Uh, maybe you've been away as well. Got some posts from me there. Bill, Bill, you've won a million pounds. No, that's junk mail. Um, oh, what's what's that? Oh, you've got an audition coming up. and You, you want to practice it? All right, yeah, far away, Posty, far away. Let's hear what you got. Hello, little man. Boy, I should have heard a bunch about you. See, I was a good friend of your dad's. We were in that Hanoi pit of hell together over five years. Hopefully you'll never have to experience this yourself, but when two men are in a situation like me and your dad were, for as long as we were, you take on a certain responsibilities of the other. Hmm. All right, Posty. Um, don't give up the day job, but uh, if you've got any post, obviously, uh, you know, I'm around most days, so um, good stuff, and, and I'll probably see you next week. Uh, good luck with the audition. Uh, are you still there, Booker T? I'm here. Yeah, I don't know, don't know if you were eavesdropping, if you heard the Posty there. He uh, gave me some mail, but he also, he's got an audition coming up, and he, he just gave me a sample. Posty uh, sounded like he had a cold or something. It didn't sound his normal fluid self. No, that was just him, that was just him, um, you know, trying to impersonate someone, I think. Um, he gave a monologue, actually, and I, I want to say it started off like he was doing maybe Christopher Walken, but he ended up almost being Richard Pryor. He, he kind of, I don't know, 
he, he, he needs to work on that back end. I think he's losing it towards the back end of his of his impression but um from what i know of the postman that is something that happens quite a lot um, <laughs> in his monologues he starts in one particular country yes. or county or state and ends in another yeah. for me that yeah. was at the beginning i agree it was a bit of christopher walker and then it turned into um it turned into uh what's his name from midnight in the garden of good and evil kevin spacey uh, uh, right okay yes yeah yeah he went yeah no that's you've nailed it he went kind of deep south he went kind of deep south um, at the end. So, but I think Chris, so Christopher Walken, uh, I was going to say true romance, but I think it might be from Pulp Fiction. Yes, I think it was the uh, the scene where he's talking to uh, the young Bruce Willis, young Butch, about the watch. Up his ass. That he carried around in his daddy's ass. Okay, right. Okay, fine, fine, fine. Um, so, yes, yes. Not bad, Posty. Um you know, I'm sure he'll try a bit harder next time. But, I think it was um, his poorest effort. effort so far. I think uh, I think a word to the postie, um, keep it short. <laughs> okay. Because okay. if he'd only done the beginning part, then it would have just been Christopher Walker, not other characters okay. as well. I'll I'll pass on that message to him when I see him. Okay. Um, listen, uh, we've had fun. I've had fun. Hopefully you've had fun. Um, you can catch us in all the usual places. We are on Instagram. It's gone with the rewind. We're on twitter i think gone with the rewind no are we gone with the rewind movies on instagram actually we're I think gone we're with just... the rewind movies on instagram gone with the rewind on twitter got it and um, that's about it actually that's the you know we, we might branch out into facebook or something else uh later once we get up to about a million listeners we probably don't need indeed to to i do have one last thing i have to mention um my son jack has asked us if we would and we can think about this off uh, off podcast um, if we'd introduce a section called movie misconceptions. Interesting. What, what does he want that to include? Well, he basically, you know, has started investigating some of the movies and he's discovered that although some people use certain quotes, those quotes aren't necessarily accurate. Um, and he gave two examples, one being E.T. and the other one being Star Wars. Right. Okay. Um, apparently, in Star Wars, Darth Vader never says, Luke, I am your father. Uh, he never says, Luke, I am your father. No, he says, I am your father. Correct. Which but a lot of people Luke. quote it as, Luke, I am your father. And in ah. E.T., he never says, E.T., phone home. He says, E.T., home phone. Does he? Ah, yeah. interesting. So he will be quite happy to provide us weekly with one of the movie misconceptions. All right, yeah. Do it. Let's do it. We're not paying him. He knows that, no. right? Okay. We'll let him know okay. that. Yeah, sure. Okay. Right. Good. Good. Good to have him on board, though. That is good. Um, where can the people find you if they want to check out what you're doing? You'll find me on Instagram, DJ Booker T. That's uh, DJ B O O K A T. Um, you'll see everything that's going on in my life my workouts in the morning, my bike rides, my motorbike rides, and uh, all of the good weather here from Saratoga Springs. Fantastic, fantastic. If you want to see what the Chiefy Two Shoes is doing, uh, I am on my YouTube channel, Armageekden. Uh, go and check that out. And uh, on Instagram, uh, Chiefy Two Shoes and also Armageekden. And also there's a possibility that the Outer Timers, my other podcast that I did for a while, is coming back on a bi-weekly schedule. We do have a uh, audio experience coming up that I'm recording tomorrow and that it will, will close off the original star wars saga so we did return of the jedi as a two-hour 
watch along podcast commentary. We did Empire Strikes Back. We did them in reverse order, six, five, four. And tomorrow we're going to record episode four. So look out for that soon. Um, but yeah, um, we've been gone with the rewinders. And you've reached the end of this show, so you can't fast forward. You can only rewind. Uh, please write in with your suggestions of better ways to end the show. <laughs> okay. See you later, people. Bye-bye. Bye.